240 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. Did you forget what your show was called? Uh, no, I, I I was I almost said the loudest sports show, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's not it. That's did you did you have a temporary stroke? Well, no, I was just putting all a bunch of files together, and, and like I had everything organized, and that was like one of the last things I just saw was the loudest sports show, and it's like, nope, this isn't the loudest sports show, so don't worry. This is episode 240 of Throwdown Thursday. Welcome to my house. Yes, this is, uh, we are broadcasting here in uh, the Pat Cave of Magenta Manor. And I am your host, Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. And I am here, of course, uh, brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee, as we are part of the Dorkening Podcast Network, the ever-expanding Dorkening Podcast Network. We just added like 600 new shows, or like three one of the two, somewhere in between. No, it was like five shows. Five? I don't know. There's a bunch of new shows. Uh, the East Meets the West, uh, uh, Geek Life HQ, and a special shout-out uh, to uh, our good buddy Justin Cooper because uh, it is his uh, 40th birthday uh, recently. Birthday! Depending on when you're listening to this. Um, and we hope he has a Cooper-duper birthday. Um but I am here, as always, with my co-host on the show, my co-host in life. She is the Baroness of Bordeaux, the Countess of Cabernet, the Mistress of Merlot, the uh, Real Housewife of Transylvania. I was going to try to come up with another booze one. The Real Housewife of Transylvania, the Michael Phelps of wine, the a missing one, Mistress of Merlot. I think I said that. The Queen of the Monsters and an Honorary Lizzie. She is... Ashes von Nightmare. You know, it's not easy being green. gangrenous. Yes, that too. It isn't easy being gangrenous. Um, gangrene gang. Yeah, gangrene. That was the, uh, when the Jets had a good defense, that's what they were called, gangrene. Really? Yes, back when they had Mark Gastineau, he has set the record for uh, sacks in a season with 22, which was subsequently broken by Michael Strahan. He has 22 and a half, but that's because... Brett Favre fell down and let him let him get the record. It was kind of kind of cheap, but uh, I think Khalil Mack will break it in the next few years. Any who's um, either Khalil Mack or uh, Aaron Donald. But this isn't the sports show. No, this isn't the sports show. You can see how easily confused I get. This is what happens. You talk about gangrene. It reminds me of the Jets for some reason. Um, but we are talking about something that is green and fuzzy. And uh, you probably don't want to eat it. No, it's not the uh, leftover meatloaf in your fridge. We're talking about... I'm throwing it over to you. That was a really terrible joke. Oh, it was a like, great joke. Like, you really struggled to set that up. You know who would do it, tell a joke like that? Fozzie Bear. But that's not who we're talking about. No, we're actually talking about Fozzie's Bear's best friend, Kermit the Frog. Yes, Kermit, Kermit the, the Frog. frog. Uh, not to Kermit be the Forg. Yes, I was going to say not to be confused when he got the uh, T-shirts made up on Sesame Street, and uh, they had T-shirts for Kermit the Gorf, Kermit the Forg. Which is really funny because when I was typing out my notes today, I uh, misspelt Frog and wrote Forg and Kermit the Forg giggled a lot. That was uh, I think I saw that maybe twice, and I haven't seen it in about thirty-six years. But I, it stuck with me because it was so goddamn funny. I was losing my fucking mind. You know, Sesame Street used to have some really 
good, hilarious, like, you know, even as an adult, you find it funny, sketches. I will uh, I will say uh, I have 12 words for people, and it will instantly bring back uh, memories of uh, of Sesame Street. Teeny little super guy? That, that's, wait, that's not 12. Never mind. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 6 7, 8, 8, 9, 9 10, 10, 11, 12. 12. You're welcome for that. Yep, everybody uh, knows that. Having that stuck in your head for the rest of the day. Or you could do 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, the ladybug 12, at the ladybug picnic. Or there was like the, the pinball thing. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, that's 6, the 7, one 8, I just did. Oh, that was the one you just did. Oh, hey. Hey, now I'm having the stroke. I was going to say, like, <laughs> hey, you know that thing you did 30 seconds we're ago? Doing, do you remember doing, it? Yeah, do you? <laughs> you remember? I remember. Oh, this is what happens when we start doing the show at... 2011. Oh, it's all good. Whatever. Uh, so, yeah. So, today we're talking about the Muppet, the first Muppet. The original. Kermit, the, the original Muppet, Kermit the Frog. We're going to delve a little bit into his history, his backstory, uh, what inspired his personality. Yep. And just kind of love all over the Muppets for this episode. So, brace yourselves. There will not be any uh, Monster Zero felt fiction here. So, don't don't worry about that. Aww. For those of you who are familiar, although that text you sent me earlier, oh, which, oh yeah, the, uh, <laughs> there was a meme going around today that was like, you know, you get six hundred dollars, but you have to have sex with the last, uh, the the person, the main character from the last TV show you watched, and we've been watching a lot of Muppets, so it's like, well, the last thing we watched was the most recent Muppet series, Muppets, Muppets Now, Muppets, now Muppets on Snow. Disney Plus. And Scooper, and Scooper is the. Uh, <laughs> if you've seen that, if you've yeah, seen it, you, you know why I'm Scooper. calling him Scooper. Uh, but oh, yeah, Pepe. Uh, yeah, Pepe the prawn. Um, yeah, so there'll be a lot of uh, Muppet music sprinkled in throughout this uh, episode as well, because, because, like bare left, <laughs> right frog. <laughs> it's a myth, myth, yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Like, there are a few shows, and let, let's get into, like, because you, you're getting into character question was pretty good. Like, what are your favorite Muppet-related properties? Because we did, who are your favorite Muppets for uh, the big Yeah, episode, I'm, I'm pretty sure we were talking about our favorite Which I remember, Muppets. but you reminded me. But, um, yeah, so we're talking about some of our favorite Muppet-affiliated things, because there have been so many things that the Muppets have done. Various uh, movies, television shows, specials. Um, Live they've action, been, you know, uh, uh, right. They've things. been affiliated with so many things. You know, uh, Muppets are really ingrained into our pop culture at this point. And I think the thing that I liked best about the Muppets is um, the fact that their movies would always have like the biggest stars, and the TV shows would always have the biggest. Stars and the kicker is these stars wanted to be on this show. It's not like oh we're, we got you booked for this show. Oh great, yeah, thanks. I, I guess no. Like these stars were like starving to be on the show. You know, a, a, any show affiliated with the Muppets, like the Muppet Show, the Muppet were, Show, Sesame Street. Star, you know, stars were like begging their agents, "Can you please get me on the show because I love it so much." And not only did they get some really big, you know, names from the acting world, but they also got really big names from the music world as well. I remember Cab Calloway was on, and like they would, they would. I do, remember they would the REM 
episode. I don't remember Sesame that. They sang Furry Happy Monsters. Oh, oh, oh yeah, that one. I and was going to say, had I, a oh, you Muppet, talking Sesame Street. I'm talking Sesame Street. And okay. then they had um, a Muppet uh, for, oh my God. Michael I, Stipe? No, not Michael Stipe. Michael Stipe was there. Um, oh God, Kate from the B-52s. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, they had a Muppet version of her singing her part. Of shiny happy people, but they were singing furry happy monsters. But like you know, stars were just—they wanted to be a part of of anything Muppet related. Rocky Three, so part good. of the montage was Rocky hosting the Muppet Show. You know, like it, because it was so good, and like the humor was so on. You had point. some really talented actors. I mean, Frank Oz, who you know. If you haven't seen the Blues Brothers, if you haven't seen Trading Places, you know him as Yoda, Miss Piggy, uh, 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 Fozzie, Animal, like that dude. Like if you want, if you're an aspiring puppeteer, uh, as as I am. Well, I, I mean, this is kind of a really good kind of uh, good segue. segue into why are we talking about a Muppet character this well, week? The Patrick? reason we're talking about Muppets this week is that. I uh, have recently joined the cast, uh, recently as in like the last two days, I have recently joined the cast of the uh, upcoming television series, The Other Side of Midnight, being put out by Dream Apex Pictures, which is going to be uh, airing on the Pivot, with two Ts, P-I-V-O-T-T, streaming app uh, called The Other Side of Midnight. I will be playing... Will Mouse, who is named Will after, uh, is named after um, Mary Shelley's son William. That was her nickname for him. Was Will Mouse, and I will be playing opposite a gargoyle named Wilton, uh, who is named uh, Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing's middle name was Wilton, and uh, we will. I will be one of two puppeteers voicing. This little furry guy with, it's it's weird. He's furry and has like these crazy eyebrows. It's totally like not me at all. Yeah, no, no, it's totally you. It's you in puppet form. Like, I mean, if it was a shark, it would be more fitting. But mm-hmm. like, it's definitely you in puppet form. You you have the same eyebrows. Yes, uh, absolutely. He's, he's like a fuzzy. Um, they're called darklings. D-A-R-Q-L-I-N-G-S. My sister says it looks like Elf and Oscar the Grouch had a had a love child. It definitely and, has and, and, the it, ears it, from Elf, but like fuzzier. Yeah. Um, a little more like pointed. Yeah, they're at the uh, top they're, they're, of his head yeah. straight up, and they have like little puffs on the end of them like a lynx. But um, I think like the... the Mongolian lynx. I... Brows, mouth structure, very um, Muppet like, res- very yeah, kind of resembles Oscar the Grouch. Um, but he is adorable, and the other puppet Wilton is adorable as well. He's and a blue gargoyle with uh, little yellow horns. I'm really excited to see what happens. We are uh, we're going to be filming very soon, and I'm excited. I got my first script. Do uh, you do you do you think I could like meet the puppets? Someday. I hope so. Can I, I hope so. Can I, can I meet the puppets? I mean, I don't see why not. Um, I will be uh, actually getting paid. This is a paid acting gig, so I am uh, I am very excited. Uh, it's not enough to retire on, but you know we're working on that. But yeah, it I'm is s- enough to buy your wife sushi. Yeah, I mean, technically, yes, it is definitely enough to buy sushi. Uh, maybe that's what we do. 
maybe that's how we celebrate with sushi because we do like sushi. But yeah, I I get to be uh, a puppet, and, and voice you've been a practicing puppet. too. I have. I've been uh, running around the. I have a shark puppet, and uh, I've been going around. You know. Using uh, using the shark puppet and like saying stuff to, to to ashes and at one point apparently I must be doing well because at one point she turned away from me and talked straight to the puppet like you need to stop it you're getting obnoxious oh my god why am I talking to the puppet <laughs> although in all fairness what was it was it la- last year when we went to the independent um, film thing down in Rhode Island. Oliver. The, yes, Oliver the Puppet um, from Embrace the Film. I think is that's that, what it is. Is that yeah. what it's called? Uh, Oliver so, Speaks. He does his uh, film reviews. Yes, yes. And uh, so this, this and, and the, what's horrible is I remember the puppet. I do not remember the young man's name. It's totally escaping me. Right, right. But you... do you remember the puppet? Um, but I want to say it's called Embrace the Film, and he does film reviews, this puppet. And it is so fantastic. And after, uh, so the the young man Oliver who Buckley, was, Embrace the Film. Yep. Um, the young man who, who does the puppet, he was uh, showcasing a film that he directed, and he brought the puppet with him. Oh, I think it was... Um, was it uh, to promote the series or whatever? Um, yes, Oliver it, Buckley. Anyways, anyways. So he brought the puppet. The puppet was there, and I could not take my eyes off the puppet the entire time. You know, and what's great about this short film series is that they give the um, filmmakers who happen to be present, actors, the directors, anybody involved who's there, they kind of give them uh, the floor to do like a little Q&A session after the film. And he was there with the puppet. I could not take my eyes off the puppet. And then afterwards, when we're all kind of like, because this was pre-COVID. So like, you know, when you could, you know, be in close proximity. It was, the, it was February of 2019. Yeah, so it was like one of the last things we did before, you know, everything kind of blew up. But yeah, so it was pre-COVID. So, you know, you could actually mix and mingle with people and be in close proximity without having to worry too, too much. Um, so we were just kind of schmoozing, talking to some people. And the puppet came up. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, can I say hi to your puppet? And he says, yeah, so he, uh, the the young man who voices does the whole puppeteering, you know, let the puppet. I, I I talked to the puppet. That's a long story short. I talked to the puppet, and and that was like the highlight of my my night. Yeah, like, Oliver. Buffett. I almost said the highlight of my life. Um, that too. I, I talked to actually no, the highlight of my life. Um, uh, one of them, anyways. Uh, speaking of of puppets and muppets, um, Wally the Green Monster is the mascot for the, the Red Sox. R- Boston Red Sox and he looks like a muppet like he's definitely derived from muppet like Oh yeah, he's 100% derived you from know, the and Wally the Green Monster lives in the Green Monster at Fenway Park. If you are unfamiliar with what the Green Monster is, it's a 37 foot high wall in left field. The field it's it's shorter than most stadiums, well it's shorter than every stadium, but because it's 37 feet high, it's difficult to hit one over. Mhm. Um, and my one of my life's goals was to hug Wally the Green Monster. Whenever we, we go to a game, I'm on Wally Watch. 
like trying to figure out where yes. Wally is. And where's Wally? Where's Wally? Uh, and sometimes Tessie, that's his sister. But anyways, um, a couple years ago, I went to a game without Patrick. I was with some friends and we were heading into Fenway Park and we were running a little bit late and I ran into Wally, like almost ran into him. And I was so excited. And I was like, oh my God, Wally. I was like, can I give you a hug? And Wally just spread his arms out and gave me the biggest Wally the Green Monster hug. And oh my God, it was amazing. And he hugged me for like a solid, like, five seconds and i didn't want to let go but like i mean obviously wally had places to be he's a he's a very popular character you know he's in he's in high demand especially at these games so you know i i i let him go but oh my goodness and he's so soft <laughs> he's so soft uh but, but he's like a big muppet it would be like um having the opportunity to hug sweetums Yes. Like, that would be amazing. But anyways, before I get off topic even more, let's talk about some of our favorite Muppet, Muppet things. Well, I'm going to say something that for some reason Muppet is things. not on uh, not on Disney+, Plus, even though there's a, a plethora of, of Muppet stuff. The Muppet Babies animated show, one of my favorite oh things my about God. that uh, was, was the fact that you uh, the window looked like the window from uh the emperor's throne room in uh return of the jedi like their their big window that they had in their playroom uh and they were all in the house together it was skeeter and scooter uh obviously uh kermit piggy fozzy beaker uh not beaker bunsen honeydew i don't recall if beaker was with them i don't think so um I don't think no, I don't Fozzie, think so. Fozzie, Rolf, um, Gonzo, and I think that was it. There was like eight or eight or nine of them. There was it wasn't like every single one. Animal, animal was there. Uh, yeah, so I remember a young animal. Um, and they were all with a bonnet. Yes, and they were all um, adorable. They were under the care of someone named Nanny, who you never saw. You only ever saw her legs. Uh, you did hear her speak, and she didn't speak like the muted trumpet voice wah, of. Wah, 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 yeah, wah, wah. you never heard that from uh, from Nanny. She would uh, actually talk, and there was always a lesson that was learned at the end of the show. Did she have was, like purple and orange striped stockings? Yes. 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 Uh, and she would leave them alone, and they would do stuff with their imagination, and it was always fun. And like they had an episode where they were, you know, they used that. And it was in the opening uh, title sequence with, um, you know, they're they're flying through space using uh, that window like they were like a TIE fighter. In a, they were fighting TIE fighters from the Millennium Falcon, like which I always thought was cool. Like it was one of my favorite parts of it because I, I've always loved Star Wars. But uh, that that to me is one of my favorite Muppet things. Um, what about you? So to kind of piggyback off of that, um, one of my all-time favorite Muppet things, and I was so happy when I was able to find this on VHS because I believe that's the only media that you can find this on. It's a Muppet Family Christmas. 
It aired on television in the uh, mid-80s. Um, it has everyone. So your your Muppets. It has your Sesame Street friends. It has uh, the Fraggles are in it. Like, it's inc- John Denver, and they have a sing-along. It's iconic. Um, but the reason why Muppet Babies made me think of that is because there is a scene where they're watching old home movies, and it's them as the Muppet Babies, but they made Muppet versions. So it's obviously this predates Muppet Babies. Um, this is probably what it was based off of, but it was the Muppet form of of the animated yeah. series. And it's, you know, they're all watching each other and it's all cute until Animal breaks through the... Fourth wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, this film is so great. It's a, it's a staple in our house around the holidays. And yep. the only unfortunate part is you... The You're version, stuff. yeah, the version that was originally aired because of licensing issues, parts had to be cut out when it was put on video. So, like, there's this whole scene with Fozzie Bear and a snowman, and they're cracking jokes and they sing Sleigh Ride together, and it's fantastic. Um, there's a couple of other parts too that were that were cut, and. Um, Oh, I think the I think the Muppet Baby part may may have been cut because they're singing uh, they're singing I, I can't remember what song it is but they're singing a song and I believe it was because of licensing that they couldn't so I mean you can find some of those um, bootleg YouTube you can find some of those edited uh, the cut that for, works too the cut scenes on YouTube but but yeah a Muppet Family Christmas I love it so much like it has everybody. It's fantastic. And see, that's another another uh, another thing to bring up is uh, the Fraggles. I loved watching I the love Fraggles. The Fraggles so I mean, much. Obviously, I'm not going to bring up all the various creatures from Star Wars because that was all like the same. It well, was like we're the not Henson, yeah we're not talking creature the shop. creature shop because I mean we could talk about the labyrinth we could talk about the dark crystal like yeah. it just kind of unfolds this, all of these other layers that we really don't have time to delve into because it would just take that would be the entire uh, show. I mean we, you know, I would someday. have to call out of work tomorrow because maybe, we would still be talking point, about it but uh, um oh yeah that would be a fantastic episode but yeah the um the the uh, the fraggles um. I never understood the dynamic. Because they would, the doozers would build stuff, and then they would eat what the doozers built, and then the doozers would get pissed, and then they would start building again, and then the fraggles would come and eat what they built. And it's like, you know that that's what they're going to do. Because, but that's that's how the doozers are programmed. Right, like the doozers, they're like worker bees. Drones. Their whole purpose, you know, their whole uh, dynamic is work ethic. You know, we just need to work. We're going to work the day away. We don't need to dance. We don't need to play. We just we just work. And by the Fraggles destroying all of their constructions, it gives them an, a, a purpose. Yeah, like they're... Like it, it is. It's a really weird mutual symbiotic relationship. But, you know, they create these sugar constructions that the Fraggles eat. And the Fraggles eating these sugar constructions thus makes more work for the doozers, which gives them purpose. Because what else are they going to do? Yeah. 
I mean, I suppose that they could do something else. And I think there's a couple of times where, like, a couple of them try to, like, gain their independence, but, like... Well, and I know that there's a whole Doozer animated series that I... I'm, oh, that I'm, un- I'm familiar with. Yeah, I, I know it exists. I'm really unfamiliar with the, like, plot lines and stuff, but I, I'm, like, 99% sure that there's a an animated Doozer series well, that goes into like the Dooza Palooza. Probably, yes. Dooza Palooza. Be's a good doozer. Yes. Um I don't know. I can't think of uh you know too many more. I mean obviously I was gonna mention some of the the Henson Creature Shop stuff. Um but you know again we'd be here all night. So I'm just gonna say uh you know the Fraggles, uh the Muppet Babies, obviously all of the movies, the T V show, like anything um oh i know all the uh all the books I get, like the monster at the end of this book the super grover books oh i am a monster yeah the cookie I need monster to find book. That book um yeah like all the different different books that came out you know to kind of go along with the uh the lessons that were being taught on sesame street and on the muppet show and uh although the muppet show was uh you know probably one of the first things that i watched that uh was really geared more towards adults, but did have some of the... Uh... There was a show that was on, now that I'm thinking about it, but there's a show that was on that I used to watch, and it had Muppets and stuff in it. Um, look over there. I'm pointing the top uh, of the Funko Pop pile. Are you talking about... Oh, Sid and Marty Croft? Yeah. H.R. Puff and stuff? Well, that's not what I'm talking about, but I was going to point because i know you like puff and stuff and he's muppet adjacent well yeah he's muppet adjacent and, and again that's all like Sid and marty croft stuff that's gonna have to be a whole entire episode like i can't even that's i don't even get enchilada. me started because we will be here for like three weeks talking about Sid and marty croft and my love for hr puff and stuff love puff and stuff not um, to be confused with hr giger different different guy different guy did different different stuff. guy puff and stuff um um but yeah, the uh, there was a show, and it was like a weird live action thing. Like there was one show where it was kind of like, what's that movie? Splash, where Tom Cruise falls in not Tom Cruise, Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks falls in love with a mermaid. Yes, and he goes to live with her. It was kind of like that, uh, and they would also do like different fairy tales and things. Uh, unless I'm kind of crossing my wires here on this, which is entirely possible, but they would. Um, they would introduce it, like Jim Henson would introduce it, and um, he, you know, would give you a brief brief synopsis of the beginning of the story. Then you'd watch it play out, and like one of well, them, there used to be uh, an hour long series called the Jim Henson Show. That might be what it is, and I believe it was kind of skit based, and it involved Muppets. That might be what I'm thinking of. The Jim Henson Hour. Yeah, the Jim Henson Hour. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. This looks like what I'm thinking of, I think. But, uh, yeah, they did a bunch of different stuff uh, that I thought was really good. And, again, I may be crossing my wires here, but, yeah, I definitely watched the Jim Henson Story Hour and... uh we're going to touch on that a little bit in the next segment because I learned something from from watching that show. 
I learned it from watching you. So we're going to take a quick break. No, we're not. I have one more thing oh, to okay, talk about. Okay, okay, sorry. Oh, my goodness. I thought you were This done. isn't just your show, Patsy. I thought you were going to talk about H.R. Puff and stuff, and you're all like, no, nah, I ain't talking about that no, shit. No, well, he's not Muppets. He's, he's not Muppet Jim Henson adjacent. Muppets. He's Muppet adjacent. He's like, adjacent. But that's Sid and Marty Croft. That predated the Muppets. Actually, no, it didn't. So what are you Anyways, say? see now now you're just getting me all confused. I want to talk about some of the Muppet specials. So not the Muppet shows, not the Muppet movies, not, not the, special it, the, Muppets. The, it, the specials that they've had, like the holiday specials, and one in particular. So I love it when they have a guest on who really gets into it and just embraces it and uh, is campy and fun and kind of gives me everything that I want. And this special did that. It is the Lady Gaga and the Muppets Holiday Spectacular that aired in 2013. I figured. How you dare you try like to go to break before I had a chance to talk about Lady Gaga and the Muppets? Listen, I thought like, this was a sports show, and two you, we've both been off today. Are just perfect together and RuPaul was involved in a segment it was fantastic uh Lady Gaga so this was when Art Pop came out so they she she did some songs from Art Pop she did some holiday numbers she did Baby It's Cold Outside with um now I am drawing a blank on his name oh my goodness Michael this Bublé. is horrible no not Michael Bublé Michael Bublé was he a Muppet <laughs> no he wasn't a Muppet um oh my goodness um he's an actor uh oh and- okay Tom Hanks <laughs> Hold on, I just I let me just pull it up for a minute um oh Joseph Gordon-Levitt yeah, that's what I would have picked. I would have I would have gone through 150 people before. Yeah, I was right Joseph. though. He's an actor. Oh, okay. Um, but it was Banna. just it's so good. And you know, obviously she has like a little bit with Miss Piggy and it's just so much fun. Like I said, it's cheesy and it's campy and it's, you know, colorful and you know, there's a little bit of holiday stuff involved. There's a little bit of other stuff. Like it's just it's so much fun. And I know it was streaming on Netflix at one point. I don't know if it still is. Probably not. Um, I'm kind of hoping now that Disney owns the Muppets that eventually everything Muppet related and, you know, we just learned the other day that they are getting the entire volume of The Muppet Show, like the entire series is going to go on to Disney Plus, which is exciting. So you'll be able to watch until your heart bursts of, you know, your your fill of The Muppet Show. Um, but I'm hoping that they get like everything. Yeah. Yeah. The I'm, Muppets sure could make their own streaming service and I would definitely subscribe. Probably. Everything I mean, Muppets. It would be. I mean, th- that's a lot of content. A and Mupp's there's still producing content. I'm really hoping we get another season of Muppets now because that was hilarious. That was so and goddamn adorable. funny. The, the, the okie dokie cooking. <laughs> okie dokie cooking. <laughs> Danny Trejo making tacos. Oh, my God. It was fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, so now we're all set. Now we can go to break. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we will be discussing Kermit the Forg. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. 
We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Hey, this is Andre Gower from the Monster Squad and Wolfman's Got Nards, a documentary, and you are listening to Throwdown Thursday. It's the Muppet Show with our very special guest star, Mr. Steve Martin. not the Muppet Show, but it is a Muppet Show, and today we are talking about the Muppet, Kermit. The Muppet. No, the Muppet. He is the Muppet. He's the original, the progenitor. Uh, all other Muppets spawned from him uh, in one uh, unholy experiment or, or another. Uh, it's kind of like how today's dogs have all descended from wolves. Every Muppet has descended from Kermit, so like they all share... Uh, 99% of his DNA. It's that 1% that makes them different. So Miss Piggy is technically part frog. Yeah. Yeah. At least that's my theory. It's a working theory that, that all the Muppets are descended from Kermit. And uh, therefore, like a pug is 99% wolf. It's just that 1% that, you know... That makes it a pug! That makes it... The Steve, the Steve Buscemi of dogs. Oh my god, I love bugs so much. Um, They're so smooshy. So yeah, let's... Uh, do you know why uh, Miss Piggy uh, had to call in sick? She had a frog in her throat. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> so when you think of Kermit the Frog, what do you think of? Hi-ho! Kermit the Frog here. Like, that's the first thing I think of. Like, that's literally the first thing. And the second thing is Muppet Arms. Yeah! Yeah. Yay! Yeah, that's the that's the, the, the two things. Like, the, uh, hey-o, this is Kermit the Frog, and the waving, wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man arms that he has when he gets excited. And Kermit, over the past couple of years, has had a resurgence in popularity thanks to memes. But that's none of my business. Well, there's that. <laughs> and then there's the... Um, the Staring out the from, window. Well, no, the, from the uh, Muppets Most Wanted, the most recent film mm -hmm. with Kermit's doppelganger. Like, yes. I'm not going to do this. You should do this. Yeah. So there's there's the three. There's the T-meme, 
There's the doppelganger meme, and there's the one of him looking out the window in the rain. And what's fantastic is in the most recent series, Muppets Now, they poke fun at the tea meme. He, yeah, he he drinks he drinks the tea, or he does something he's, with tea. He's, I forget. He's, he's he's spilling the tea. Yeah. Uh, so I, I like the fact that they pay uh, they pay homage to it, and it's it's pretty funny. Well, I mean, like Muppets have been really uh, self aware. Oh yeah, since day one, and really uh, based in pop culture. So not only are they now ingrained in pop culture, but a lot of their humor and stuff has been based off of pop culture and what's around them. Oh yeah, and uh, they've been uh, parodied and satirized uh, over and over and over again. Well, not only that, they have parodied them. You know, the, themselves oh, have yeah. done parodies and satires, and you know, the Muppet Show f- was almost like uh, SNL with Muppets. Yeah, for I mean, a while. That's what I was saying earlier. Like you know, it's there was a lot of adult targeted uh, humor that was in it. But like it was subtle enough for the most part, where you know kids could still watch it and it would go right over their heads. So they yeah, just thought they with, were watching the Muppets with the best uh, of the uh, the comedy, um, the young adult comedy you know when we've we've seen disney and pixar although i will say one of my favorite and i can't believe i forgot to bring this up uh and are getting into character question but one of my favorite things is when alice cooper saying welcome to my nightmare with the muppets on the muppet show mm. that was fantastic carol king did i feel the earth move under my feet and it was because like all the giant muppets were stomping around and shaking the set and everything. But, like, it, yeah, like, the humor is so meta sometimes. It's so much fun. And uh, speaking of that, there was a uh, there was one episode with uh, of Sesame Street with Smokey Robinson singing, You Really Got a Hold on Me, and there was a giant you, you that kept grabbing yes. and holding him. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, Kermit, uh, I, I, I teased this a little bit before. But uh, watching the Jim Henson hour, you find you see Jim Henson come out and he starts speaking and it's like, why is he doing Kermit's voice? And it's like, oh, wait, that's his natural speaking voice. Yeah. And we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, I was floored the first time I heard that. Well, okay, so let's talk about that now. So, yeah, so obviously Jim Henson, creator of Kermit the Frog, voiced Kermit the Frog up until his death. Mm -hmm. So Kermit the Frog was created in 1955 for a show called Salmon Friends. Uh, It was Jim Henson's five-minute puppet show that aired twice daily on WRC-TV. Uh, And he wasn't initially a frog. He was more like a lizard uh, abstract like character. Yeah. Um, he kind of became more frog like over the years and wasn't actually Kermit the Frog until Johnny Carson referred to him as Kermit the Frog in 1965. That I didn't know. That See, kind of solidified Kermit the Frog as the name and the you know the the character and obviously this was before sesame street and before um, yeah. kermit the frog was kind of a, a household name i was gonna say kermit is one of those uh super recognizable figures uh to kids adults and people all over the world like you see him and like okay i know that's kermit the frog you know like i know that's mickey mouse because they've had such a huge cultural impact on countries 
all over the planet. So as Henson explained, Kermit started out as a way of building, putting a mouth and covering over my hand. There was nothing in Kermit outside of the piece of cardboard. It was originally cardboard and then the cloth shape that was his head. He's one of the simplest kinds of puppets that you can make, and he's very flexible because of that, which give him, gives him a range of expression. So it's, it, it started out as just this cardboard figure yeah, and, and, and with to... some cloth thrown over it, and then they slowly molded him into the character that we know today. And even the modernized Kermit, uh, you know, the Kermit that we know um, from the, we'll say late 60s, early 70s, especially when Sesame Street came around mm-hmm. to now, has gone through a slight evolution as far as He's, his character. He used to be he, a darker his, green. Yeah, he is, you know, his color has brightened. Um, His eyes have changed. Gotten a little. uh, The design has gotten crisper, if that makes any sense. Streamlined. That's a good word. Streamlined. streamlined Yes. Um, You know, his his head doesn't necessarily look like uh, a hand is in it anymore. It's not just like a, a piece of cloth over somebody's hand. There's a little more structure to it. I mean, at times when they're doing certain. Um, expressions like when he cr- with him, crinkles up like, his face. Yeah, when he crinkles up his face, or when he gets really expressive, like you know, when he's going yay, or you know, sometimes Kermit does yell. That's when you can kind of tell that somebody's hand is in there. But aside from that, you know, he's got a little more structure to him. Yeah, and like his belly is a little more like he doesn't have a huge belly, but like he's his a little abdomen, more rounded. Yeah, his abdomen is a little more rounded. He's a, like I said, there's there's more structure it's, to him. Yeah, like I think they have it like that, so. He's able to like sit and be propped up on things because well, he's always sitting and playing the banjo. But once upon a time, I mean, and this kind of goes with the evolution of the Muppets, you know, you really only saw them from the abdomen up. If that. You like, know, you didn't see their up. legs, or if you saw their legs, they were sitting. Yeah. You know, they had to be in, in certain. Uh, like formation, certain conformations positions. for yeah, positions. That's a word um, <laughs> to, you know, to, to do certain things. Like you didn't really see the entire puppet, but now, you know, you, you do, I mean, granted, you know, there's, they still use a lot of the, you know, from the abdomen up, but it's not uncommon to see the full standing Muppet. Yeah. Depending so, on what they're doing, like they almost operate them like a marionette. Yeah. Like when he's dancing. Yeah. So it's like, you know, they needed to, uh, in order to do that, there needs to be more structure throughout the entire puppet. Yeah. And, you know, generally it's, you know, you will have, and I learned this uh, from uh, talking with my my co-host, uh, or she's the star, uh, but my co, co-star, I guess, I don't know. Um, she's the star, I'm her co-star. Are you talking about me? No, I'm talking about uh, Leanne, who plays Ursula Grimsworth on on uh, the other side of Midnight. So what you do is you have to have your arms straight up, but then tilt your hand down so your hand is parallel with the floor. Because otherwise, if you keep your hand straight up, your puppet's going to be looking at the ceiling. So you have to put your hand down, almost like you're making a snake. Right, and because if you put your hand down too low, your He's puppet's going to be looking floor. at the floor. And you're going to be stressing out your, your wrist. So you want to keep it straight. and then Kind of like you're walking like an Egyptian. Yeah, and when you make the puppet talk, 
you're moving your hand slightly slower than you think you need to. And then you use your other hand, like whatever your dominant hand is, that's the hand that you use to mm-hmm. operate the arms. Now, that's the part that I'm uh, most interested in learning how to do because that one, I mean, everybody, you know, you know, can move their, their hands and, and, you know, like we've a, all done that. There's a specific way of doing it, though, you know, you don't open your mouth real wide for every word that you say. You don't open your mouth, you know, real wide for, you know, every time you speak. So, you know, the Muppet needs to reflect that. So sometimes, you know, you don't have to be like, you know, sometimes it's a smaller movement, you know, and then when you're trying to express certain things, that's when your mouth can get... Yeah, you need to to be able to, uh, you know, show the way that you would talk Obviously, you can't change the the puppet mouth into like an O shape, you know, whatever. But like, as long as the jaw's moving up and down at the right speed, um, that's really the the trick. And like I said, you know, mo- using one hand to operate the two arms. I'm curious as to how that works, because um, there have been times that we've seen uh, certain puppeteers, and like we've seen behind the scenes, like with Frank Oz, who would you know, operate the puppet as well as do the voice, mm-hmm. uh, which most most puppeteers will do. And, you know, there's a lot of different, like we talked about Carol Spinney doing it inside of Big Bird, but he had a monitor inside to see what he was doing, but he had to do everything backwards because um, everything, you know, was oriented like, uh, you know, opposite, you know. So if he needed to move right, he would have to go left. Um Sometimes you will have a second uh, person operating the other hand. So I'm curious as to how that that would actually uh, work. So there's going to be uh, there's absolutely going to be some some learning. And, uh, you know, I I've always been fascinated by puppetry. Um you know, it was one of those things. It's like, oh, I could probably do this. And I like tried playing with the marionette and I couldn't, I wasn't instantly good at it. So I stopped. Uh, but hand puppets, you know, I have my shark puppet that I've been running around talking with for the past week. So. Hi, I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Has anyone seen my hat? Yeah. So um, Kermit is the same type of, of puppet. You know, he's the, the hand puppet. Um, but. Contrary to, I think, popular belief, it's not like you're shoving your hand straight up his ass. There's like a flap in the back that you stick your hand through and talk so he can be seated on something and you can still have your hand up and you can like be behind the scenes and still doing the, the, the puppet. Yes, I've, I've seen those anatomy of a Muppet memes. Those are incorrect, yes. FYI. Um yeah, most most puppets Muppets are are made to be as easily controlled as possible. Yes, you know, and most of them by a singular person. If not, you know, some of them, you know, use two people to operate. And one of the things we, I don't know if like learned or discovered is quite the right word, but one of the things we realized this uh, doing research for this, watching this show is the Swedish chef has always had real human hands. And Beaker has always had human hands, but 
like they're, 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 they're covered Muppet hands. they're Muppet hands but there's like people are wearing them like a glove yes whereas the Swedish chef mm. is just uh basically a guy kind of like those uh the 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 whose line is it anyway things where somebody would stand behind someone else and like they would do the arms mm-hmm. like the person from behind would do the arms um what were you gonna say well, I was going to say, those two Muppets are similar in design. Yes. And if you look at them closely, you can see that, you know, they have the, the Muppet head and the the frame is the same. Um, but the only difference, obviously, besides being different characters, is that the Swedish chef actually has human hands. And that's because the Swedish chef does actual cooking segments like he touches real stuff and it would he get, it would get really messy if he had Muppet hands. It would also be very difficult to do because the Muppet hands generally are controlled with a stick attached to a certain part of the forearm. Whereas Beaker, you know, similar style, similar frame has, you know, the, the Muppet gloves because, you know, even though him and Bunsen Honeydew, they do some pretty crazy experiments and stuff. They don't themselves don't necessarily get super messy they make messes yes uh they light things on fire um they crush things but um you know they themselves you know don't get overly messy i would imagine that it's incredibly difficult to clean these uh these muppets i will say though um now that I'm thinking about this, and you know, we'll have to go back and rewatch it or, or start watching, you know, some other stuff. I'm curious: as does the chef's mouth move a lot when he has the uh, arms moving? And if so, who the hell is controlling the mouth? Well, maybe if we do an episode on the Swedish chef, we'll talk about it. But today we're talking about Kermit the Frog. Right, but I was just, you know, comparing him to other the other Muppets and how they're how they're played. So Jim Henson did the voice of Kermit the Frog until his death in 1990, and then his voice was done by Steve Whitmire, um, who performed the voice until his dismissal in 2016. Kermit is currently performed by Matt Vogel. He was hmm. also voiced by Frank Welker in The Muppet Babies and occasionally in other animation projects and is voiced by Matt Danner in the 2018 reboot of The Muppet Babies. Uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar, Frank Welker uh, has been in pretty much everything. Scooby-Doo, uh, Futurama, The Simpsons... Uh, Transformers, he was Starscream and Megatron. Frank Welker is a very talented uh, uh, voice actor. And what they try to do is these voice actors are ultimately trying to mimic Jim Henson's voice. So Matt Vogel, the the current voice, mm-hmm. you can definitely tell that it's not Jim Henson, but it's still kind of it's it's still Kermit the Frog. It's kind of like how. A lot of people can do like a Christopher Walken or an Arnold Schwarzenegger or right. like a lot John Travolta. Of people can 
do different voices. They can mimic different voices. And that's kind of what it is. It's it's trying to mimic, you know, you, you practice and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm sure it starts at a young age. Oh, here, here listen to my Kermit the Frog impression. I'm not going to do it because my impression is horrible. Actually, no, my impression is spot on. Spot on. Spot on. It is spot on. Uh, you know who has a, Hi, an amazing Kermit the Frog here? An amazing Kermit the Frog, and I, I it's can't. It's not easy being green. Yeah, that's just Spot like Spot on. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, Henson Creature Factory, call me. Disney, yeah, call me. Yeah, give her some googly eyes. <laughs> um, <laughs> that would be amazing. Our friend, powerful Brandon, does an amazing Kermit the Frog. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, he's really yeah. like if Matt Vogel ever decides not to do it anymore. Yeah, they can call powerful Brandon. Brandon could have a future in puppetry. Yep. He could be uh, he could be puppetry. a puppet. And what is a muppet? Well, it's not quite a mop, and it's not quite a puppet. Muppetry. Muppeteer, muppeteering—that's what it's called. So. Henson himself has described Kermit the Frog as, quote, kind of easygoing, very likable, sometimes slightly a wise guy. Frank Oz remarked that Kermit possesses a natural sense of leadership within the Muppets, explaining that he, quote, has all these zany characters and a world around him, and he tries to be the center and hold everything together. Sometimes he gets too much uh, yeah, sometimes he gets too much and blows his top, but essentially he kind of goes with the flow. Brian Henson described his father's performance as Kermit as, quote, coming out of his own personality. It was wry, uh, it was a wry intelligence, a little bit of naughtiness, but Kermit always loved everyone around and also loved a good prank. Kermit was, to me, and the way I the way I kind of rank him, where he comes in as uh, like natural leaders, or you know, like uh, leadership figures, like guys that were you know you would look up to, uh, role model type uh, characters. He is a slightly more peevish uh, version of Mister Rogers, because at the end of the day, he just wanted everyone to do well and tried to encourage everyone. But at the same time, he was a little more realistic about things. I say Kermit has often been referred to as Henson's soft-spoken alter ego. Mm. Many of Henson's colleagues have confirmed how close and inseparable Jim and Kermit's personalities were. Henson's agent, Bernie Brillstein, has stated straightforwardly that Kermit was Jim. Author Brian J. Jones described the relationship accordingly. The more Jim performed Kermit, the more the two of them seemed to become intertwined. It was becoming harder to tell where the frog ended and Jim began. You know, I just had a, a sudden, like, vision of Jim Henson arguing with his son, Brian. You eat your vegetables or you're going to your room. Like, how do you take that seriously? I, you know... <laughs> And if you've watched any of these specials, you know, Jim Henson has done commentary. Uh, obviously, he's been interviewed several times. His voice is really not that far off. Like, his natural speaking voice is not that far off from the voice of Kermit the Frog. It's uh, Kermit the Frog's voice is maybe a little more forceful than his. It's very, it's very, very similar. It's like, holy crap, like, he's deaf. Like, that's... 
you know know, that that's who that is. Kermit the Frog is the glue that holds all of the Muppets together. And it's shown time and time again. You know, in the Muppet Show series, he's the one who gets everyone to the stage on time. He's the one making sure that things are running correctly in all of the different movies. Not the movies that have, like, certain themes, like, you know, a Muppet Christmas Carol or um, not not like parody films like that or, you know, know, Muppet Muppet Treasure Treasure Island. Island. Um, You know, but I'm talking about, like, Muppet actual Muppet stuff, you know, like uh, the Muppet movie. Um, the Muppet the Caper. Muppet, yeah, the Muppet Caper. Um, what was the one that came out? I know it, it, the Muppet, it, it was the other Muppet movie. There's the Muppet movie, then there was uh, Muppets Take Manhattan. Right, there's that one, but the one that came out a few years ago. Oh, the new, the new, um, I forget. I thought they just called it like the one with Jason Siegel and Walter. Yes. I thought they just called it. Like, oh yeah, it's just called the Muppets. Okay. Yeah. Um. You know he's vital in Walter figuring out who he is and you know embracing the fact that he's a Muppet and joining the Muppets. Yeah, and he gives you know, he gives him a lot of good advice. And... He's he's the peacekeeper. Mm-hmm. He's the one that you can go to when you're having a bad day. He's the advice giver. He's, you know, everything that you want a leader to be. And he, but he's not perfect. Right, and he he doesn't. He also doesn't like try to impose his will on people. Like people come to him, he doesn't go to them and be like, "Hey, this is what you should be doing." No, like in in the the Muppet series uh, that came out a few years ago, that was kind of in the the style of The Office, mm-hmm. which was a great series. If you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. It is on Disney Plus. Um, you know, it's it's the, uh, the like a behind the scenes look at them trying to do the show. Yeah, and you know, he's the one trying to keep everything together you know he's the one trying to make sure that you know the show's gonna happen and that people are where they're supposed to be and that the costumes are correct and that everything you know he's he's so he's the one in charge without really acting like the one that's in you know without without being boisterous you know saying i'm the one in charge right he's able like people respect him so much all the other muppets respect him so much he's able to get them to do what they need to do. I mean, even Miss Piggy, even though they separated in 2015, I believe, which was a sad day. Yeah, it was a weird. That was a weird thing. She still has lingering feelings for him. Well, you know they, I'm I'm waiting for them to get back together. I'm sure they will. That's probably the uh, the the special that's coming uh, at any any time. Although her personality is completely polar opposite to his. I love Miss Piggy. Uh, she is absolutely a spoiled diva, and he is just like this down-to-earth guy. She's spoiled. She works hard. He just wants to play his ukulele in the swamp and sing about rainbows. And banjo. Yeah, I don't know why the hell I said ukulele. I said banjo, banjo earlier. Um, but yeah, he's he's always like just like that character he's like the wise old mentor except he's the same age as everybody else it just seems like he's you know the the dumbledore the gandalf or the you know ben kenobi and before all of this he got his big start on you know sesame street mm-hmm. as the reporter Yes. He was more of a reporting role, reporting the news and stuff, you know, what the the, the what's happening around Sesame Street. 
Yes. And that role landed him the beginning part of, which I, I has been cut for some reason. So uh, in all of the, um, like, at-home releases, the Kermit the Frog part has been cut, and it's so stupid, uh, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Yeah, I mean, because he was... A river bottom uh, Nightmare Band. He was just the most recognizable like he was the brand like he was the one that uh so in that film because they're introducing a bunch of characters that nobody knew right you know he was kind of like the the focal point you know he introduced these characters you know so you could say like oh hey this is a a recognizable face i know kermit the frog and then he passes off the story because it starts you know in in the swamp yeah and you know that's that's where and it's weird because he lives in California and I don't know where the swamps are in California. Um, I'm they're there. They're, they're I'm there. thinking he's probably like Louisiana, Louisiana born and raised. Uh, especially if you look at uh, the Muppet movie and his uh, his bouts with Doc Hopper. I forget who plays him now. Oh, we're gonna have to watch these movies again. Like now, I'm like, you know, like. I I've gone a while without watching any Muppet stuff. You know, we we did see the the movies in the theater, and you know we have them. You know, we bought them because we enjoyed them. But it's like we never sit down and like, oh, let's throw on some Muppets. But rewatching, like, I wasn't even like totally thrilled with like, you know, like watching the Muppets Now show. I'm like, nah. But then like. You start watching it, and you remember how funny these things are, because it's not just the lines; it's also how they're delivering it. And you forget how funny the Swedish Chef is, and even though it's you know pretty much all new people taking over these roles, like they really pour their their entire like heart and soul into it, and they're really um, dedicated to their craft. And I really like that, and it uh, it's a testament to the talent of the people that are uh, performing as these uh, these characters. And Kermit the Frog, throughout his lifetime, has received some accolades. So he was awarded an honorary doctorate of amphibious letters on May 19, 1996, at Southampton College, where he also gave a commencement speech. He received a, a star... That's what it's called, a star, on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 2002. His song, The Rainbow Connection, was nominated for an Academy Award. Which should have won. He has also received fictional awards, such as the aforementioned Fred Award. And in the best of... And in the best of Kermit on Sesame Street, the Frog of the Year Award. Oh. Uh, a statue of Henson and Kermit was erected on the campus of Henson's alma mater, the University of Maryland College Park. Kermit is the only amphibian to have had the honor of addressing the Oxford Union. Huh. That's interesting. Um, oh, it lost to It Goes Like It Goes from Norma Ray. Uh, that, that's the uh, song that it lost to. It was a song from 1979 for the Muppet movie. Music and lyrics written by Paul Williams and Kenneth Asher. 
it reached number 25 on the Billboard Top 100, remaining in the top 40 for seven total weeks. Um, that's crazy. The B-side was, uh, I hope that something better comes along. That's awesome. I can't believe it didn't win an Oscar, especially when it, you consider that he's a Muppet. Like, there there should be more Muppet-nominated songs. And that's another thing. Like, Kermit is a vital piece to so many... Like, when people think, you know, Muppets and music, obviously you, you immediately go to, you know, Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem, you know. But Kermit's been a part of a lot of musical numbers. Yeah, and, and some pretty famous duets, too, you know, yeah. with some of the uh, guests from The Muppet Show. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Lady Gaga. He's performed with Elton John. Yeah, Willie Nelson covered uh, Rainbow Connection. You know, obviously John Denver, like I said earlier. Steve, he, there's a, a Steve Martin. Like if you listen to the uh, the episode clip that we we played prior to uh, this segment, they said you know tonight our guest Steve Martin. They did a duet with their banjos because Steve Martin was famous for playing the banjo, and uh, well, I mean he's famous for other things, but he famously played the banjo. He um, he uh, they played in the swamp. Like, it was great. They did dueling banjos, actually, is what they played. I was trying to remember what it was, and I was kind of stalling while I was trying to think. Um, stalling. You know, he's, you know, moving right along, which you'll hear. Uh, the Rainbow Connection, which you'll hear. Um, those are such... And, you know, I generally, when I do these these uh, clips, you know, I generally try to just do, like, you know, 30 seconds or so and then kind of fade out. But uh, moving right along is... One of the best driving songs in any movie. And the fact that, like, they have all the visual gags and, like, the song lyrics are so funny. You know, like, a bear in his natural habitat. A Studebaker. Like, that's so good. (laughs) Like, that's such a funny line. And it's overshadowed. You know, turn left at the fork in the road. (laughs) Someone come get us. We're in Saskatchewan. <laughs> it's so great, um, you know. And you know, you can't really talk about Kermit. You know, he has obviously a great dynamic and uh, you know romantic relationship with Miss Piggy. But his dynamic with Fozzie Bear, like he is the reason that Fozzie does stand up comedy and continues to do stand up comedy, even though he is god awful at it. Kermit doesn't tell him he's good, doesn't tell him he's bad, but encourages him to get better. Kermit is the wind beneath Fozzie Bear's wings. He is the, I, I don't know, I, the salmon to his stream. I don't I don't know. That's not a good no, it's analogy. No, it's a great friendship. And not only that, you know, uh, Fozzie does a lot to help. I mean, sometimes it's more hindering than than helpful but he always has the best intentions but he does a lot to help out kermit as well you know by getting some of the upper other muppets to listen to him or just providing an ear an unbiased ear even when he's absolutely oblivious to what's going on which is most of the time um but i i i've always liked fozzy i like his jokes i think his jokes are phenomenal 
because they are. Um, but that dynamic is uh, one of the better ones, especially for kids. Like, it's like just because you're not good at something doesn't mean you should give up on it. Like, you should keep trying, continue to work on your craft, to try to get better. And that's what Fozzie does. Like, Fozzie has been a struggling comedian for 50 years. You know, and we saw that in the uh, the Muppets Now show when they had um, Mupp Close and Personal. And he uh, he interviewed Seth Rogen, and Seth Rogen said that Fozzie was one of his influences when he was a younger kid. And that's not surprising. And right there, every step of the way with Fozzie has been Kermit. You know, what, And it doesn't matter what iteration of the Muppets you're talking about. Uh, Muppet Babies, you know, Fozzie was always getting in trouble, but Kermit was right there trying to help him out. Um you know, he would do his absolute best, and, you know, that's that's why they have the dynamic that they have, and that's why they're, uh, they're a great pair. But, yeah, Kermit tends to have that nurturing relation. I mean, look at his, his nephew, Robin. Uh, I don't know what you have any notes about Robin. I didn't really focus on Robin because we were just talking mainly about Kermit. But he does have a... Uh, yeah, so Robin is, is his his nephew, but he has more than just an uncle-nephew relationship with, with Robin. He yeah. takes almost like a, a parental... Um, we'll say guardian. He has like a guardian-type role uh, for Robin, and he... is like a mentor. Like, he... And, and actually... Something that I mentioned earlier is a great example of this, uh, a Muppet family Christmas. So Mm -hmm. Robin is involved. Robin is actually involved in the Fraggle Rock scene. So um, Robin is like the only one who goes down and and sees the Fraggles and stuff. And the Fraggles give him a pebble that's supposed to be like a symbol of friendship and stuff. And they sing this song called Pass It On, Pass It On. Um, you know, kind of like, you know, this is a pebble. It's brought me luck. I give it to you so it'll bring you good luck. And then you pass it on to kind of pass the luck along. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kermit uh, takes Robin under his wing and, you know, just kind of teaches him about life and teaches him about being a good person. Muppet. I was going to say being a good person, but you being, know, a good <laughs> being a good Muppet and doing good in the world, you know, leaving a good impression, uh, taking care of those around you and being a good friend. And yeah. one of the things that I, I've noticed is he doesn't like interfere or like tell Robin, don't do this, don't do that. He kind of lets him make his own mistakes. Well, I mean, they're not mistakes. They're learning opportunities. Right. They're learning experiences. And he does that with all of the Muppets. Well, yes. Yeah. It's like, you know, I know this isn't going to work for you, but I know you're going to do it anyways. So do this, make this mistake, and let's learn from it. And we can talk about what you learned. And we see that, like, in, uh, especially with the newer Muppet movie, the Jason Siegel, Amy Adams one, um, where he's like, well, you know, this is what we need to do in order to put the show on. You know, this is what has to happen. And, like, that's what he said. You know, he's not like, oh, yeah, we'll definitely do it. Or, oh, man, looks like it's not going to happen. He's just like, this is what we need to do. 
this is when we have to have it done. So like he's a dreamer. We all but have to work yeah, together. He's a dreamer, but he's also a realist. Right. And he can put things in terms that, um, you know, like you said, like this is what we have to do. He doesn't sugarcoat anything, but he's not harsh at the same time. Right. He's just he's very matter of fact. Uh, the way he comes, and it, again, it doesn't matter who is portraying him. Uh, and this, I think, is a testament to the way that uh, Jim Henson was able to really cultivate and create this character. And a lot of the people who have also been, you know, taking over this character either spent a lot of time with him, like Steve Whitmire, or, um, you know, knew him or knew people who knew him and, like, were able to you know, watch the, the development. Like, they were all insiders. Like, these people weren't like, oh, we picked some random guy out of a hat. You know, this this guy had found the golden ticket, and he was able to take over for Kermit. Like, everyone has an intimate knowledge of the Muppets. Right. It's, it's not just a, a random person. It's somebody who has, you know, grown up with this, experienced this, has not only, like, a, a, a love for it, but a need for it. Right, it's and, not... and someone who has really studied the mannerisms and the ins and outs of, you know, especially, you know, Kermit, this one particular character, like, you know, has practiced, you know, at, at home alone or, or with somebody, you know, uh, trying to perfect all of the little isms that make Kermit the Frog, mm -hmm. Kermit the Frog. Yeah, and it's it's tough because, you know, we've seen in the past, we've seen various characters played by different actors or well it's like we were talking about before we uh started recording that episode of family guy that pokes fun at the muppets and you know jim henson's awful untimely death thanks to pneumonia mm -hmm. um you know it's like you look now we have wrong sounding muppets yeah and you like know? they really like who wants to hear a funny ass joke like that Yay. you know oh, it, hey, it, it's Oh, hey, Swedish chef. Oh, hey, Kermit. I could make you, like, some spaghetti or something. It's like my specialty and junk. Yeah. Yay. like it, it's, it's, it's definitely not like that. It's not to that extreme. So, obviously, you can hear different nuances in the voices and stuff. And, obviously, everyone's going to, you know, puppeteer this puppet a little differently you know like because everyone's different but at the same time you know you capture the essence of who that character is right and they do a an excellent job like you know if you were to watch what we gonna well, say? i was gonna say that says something to the longevity of these characters I mean, Kermit the Frog was introduced in 1955. We're still talking about him today in 2021. Yeah. You know, and he's still relevant. Like, he's still around. He's still a character. And it's not like an animated character. It, it's, a, it's a, like, physical thing. And any time that you see anything that has um, any, like, Muppet branding, like, the brand is Kermit's head. Like, that's the, uh, well, the logo, mean, the symbol of the studio. Because he was the original Muppet. Right. And that's the one that, you know, everyone's like, well, you know, I like Animal or I like this one or I like that. One. But every single one of them has had some sort of, I don't want to say like, had their life touched by Kermit. But like, well, 
but I mean, it's it's true. You know, it kind of harkens back to the Big Bird episode that we did. Yes. You know, Big Bird was not my favorite Muppet on Sesame Street, but talking about Big Bird makes me like you know get a little get a little verklempt. You know, a little emotional. Um, yeah. You know, same thing with with Kermit the Frog. When I see Kermit the Frog, it's a familiar face. It's home. He's not my favorite Muppet, but. I get happy whenever I see Kermit the Frog. Yeah, and he's, you know, talking about Muppets now, like, he's not even, like, he's not even prominently featured. Like, he's he's in a few of the episodes, but he's not the main focus. It's like all the different Muppets get, like, I would say that Scooter is probably the main character because he gets the most screen time. Scooper. Scooper. Um... But yeah, like it's. Yeah, but but even though uh, you know, Kermit doesn't get a lot of screen time. Uh, whenever he's on screen, you still view him as the leader of the Muppets. He commands your attention. Yeah, like he's the one that everyone turns to. Like that's you know, that's like where when, your when focus goes. When he was trying goes. to conduct his interview with RuPaul, and he kept getting interrupted, mm-hmm. and he kind of kept you know in a in a nice and polite way, you know, keep. You know, steering the conversation back to you know him interviewing RuPaul while he's up being close interrupted. And yeah, up close and personal. Um, while he's being interrupted by all of these Muppets who want a you know glimpse or to a talk piece to of, RuPaul. They want a piece of RuPaul. And that was the he, they I mean, did three of those. Three of those. It was RuPaul, uh, uh, Aubrey Plaza, and Seth Rogen, and he only did that one. Mm-hmm. He was like, nope, I'm not doing this anymore. And they had Miss Piggy inter- interview Aubrey Plaza, and uh, Fozzie interviewed um, Seth Rogen while he was supposed to be babysitting. Babysitters, the babies were sword fighting and everything. They were just not good babies. Uh, they were baby Muppets. They were not Muppet babies. We uh, we had that, uh, that mm-hmm. conversation. I'm like, no, there has to be a distinction because these are Muppets, and they are like – kind of human babies that but a lot of them resembled some of the uh weird uh goblins from uh from labyrinth more than human babies um but yeah kermit has had he's one of those like i said the, one of those characters that is instantly recognizable um pretty much anywhere you go and you know there's not a lot of characters who have had such a huge cultural impact and in such a positive way you know again mickey mouse would be Probably the top one. I would put Kermit very close behind him. Um, I don't know. Maybe Darth Vader would be one. Um, you know, that's that's uh, that's really it. Like you know, when you when you talk about fictional characters that people are going to instantly. I mean, I mean, you know, Superman. You know, Batman. Those are those are characters that people will recognize instantly. So. Um, I think this is probably a good place to uh, wrap up. We'll uh, take a quick break, and when we come back, we will uh, finish everything up. We have a new battle. And we do have a new battle, so I'm uh, very interested to hear everybody's thoughts on this. So we'll be right back. Shark Bites, Shark Bites podcast. It's the greatest show in history. From the Dorkening Network, 
hosted by a nerd who's named Patsy. From movie reviews to tips on surviving the coronavirus, Shark Bites has it all. Follow us on Facebook and suggest topics at sharkbitespod at gmail.com. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hey, what's up? I'm Amy Stolte. And this is James Thomas. We are from Battle Star Wars. And you're listening to the Throwdown Thursday podcast. Oh, it's a gorgeous day. Yep, certainly is. Yep, terrific day for a drive. It's a beautiful country out here. A frog and a bear seeing America. Moving right along in search of good times and good news. With good friends you can't lose. This could become a habit. Opportunity knocks once. Let's reach out and grab it. Yeah. Together we'll nab it. We'll hitchhike bus or yellow cabin. Cabin? Moving right along. Footloose and fancy free. Getting there is half the fun. Come share it with me. Moving right along. We'll learn to share the loan. We don't need a map to keep the show on the road. Hey, Fozzie, I want you to turn left if you come to a fork in the road. Yes, sir. Turn left at the fork in the road. Permit. I don't believe that. Moving right along, we found a life on the highway. And your way is my way. So trust my navigation. California, here we come up high in the skyland. Palm trees and warm sand. So savvy, we just left Rhode Island. We did what? Just forget it. Moving, Moving right along. Hey, L.A., where have you gone? final segment because uh you know we've taken up a lot of time talking about kermit and we could probably keep just keep going so let's uh i like muppets we do we both like muppets so uh let's let's get to it because uh i like kermit i like turtles there is no turtle muppet 
And I imagine if there was and one, his name would be Sheldon. That I know, not that I know of. But, uh, but yeah, we have, uh, like you just said, we have a new battle. And what does a new battle mean? <gasps> we have to play the battle theme. battle is welcome to the Muppet Dome. Four Muppets enter. One Muppet leaves. Which Muppet has what it takes to best the other Muppets and be the last Muppet standing? Post-apocalyptic gladiator battle sandbox, the Thunderdome. You can choose from Sweetums, mm-hmm. Junior Gorg, okay. Fraggle Rock, yep. Thog, Thog is the big blue guy. Okay. And Big Mean Carl. Big Mean Carl. Oh, Big Mean Carl sucks. Does <laughs> he really, though? Bless you. Does yeah. he really, though? <laughs> oh, my God. Stop it. Uh, I'm allergic to Big Mean Carl thinking he has a chance at this at this battle. Well, then you're going to have to... Mupp it up. Mupp it up. <laughs> <laughs> so look for the poll on the Facebook pages and on the Twitters and let us know which Muppet will out Muppet all of the other Muppets to be the last Muppet standing. All right. That sounds good. So uh, we have some awesome stuff coming up. I have wine news. Yes, I was going to say you have I have some really have some excited wine, wine news. news that I found out today via an email. So it's not a uh, a recommendation yet, although I'm pretty sure it's Probably going to be, be um, because everything if, if you know me, if you've listened to the show before, you know that I am madly in love with apothic. Me. Oh. Vineyards. I love Apothic wines so much. My favorite is the dark, but I also I, I'm I'm madly in love with the Cabernet that they came out with, and I'm so glad they decided to make that a full time thing because they do uh, some seasonal blends and stuff. Um, and the Apothic Sparkling Red, I have been drinking that like it's going out of style. Uh, so fantastic. But today I got an email because, of course, I'm signed up for their emails and all their insider you know, shenanigans and their secrets and all that stuff. They are releasing not one, but two new wines. Apothic Pinot Noir, which I'm not the biggest fan of Pinot Noir, but um, I'm not the biggest fan of Rosé either. And Apothic Rosé, I absolutely love. Mm -hmm. So I have a feeling that I'm going to really enjoy Apothic Pinot Noir and and Apothic Merlot. I am so excited for this because I am the mistress of Merlot. That is true. Merlot is my favorite wine. How Merlot can you go? I can go very Merlot. Um... 
So I'm really excited to try these wines. So I just got the email that they're being released. I'm not quite sure exactly how long it's going to take them to get out to this area. I know that uh, my local liquor store carries Apothic wines. The grocery store that I frequent carries Apothic wines. So I'm going to be checking a couple of locations. I'm also going to be checking the internets to see if they update uh, where things are at and stuff. So as soon as I can get my little pause on a bottle, I will we'll be trying it for you guys but i am so excited yeah that's exciting because i like apothic too and uh i've never not liked it's been an a, it, it's been a moment since i've been excited mm-hmm. to try something well you know this is a good way to uh you know kind of wash the taste of uh, 2020 out of your mouth with uh, some nice apothic wine well, I mean, the, the Moet and Shandon did that pretty oh, pretty well. I mean, yeah, but you're going to need a lot more than just <laughs> half a bottle. This is true. Is, is what I'm saying. This is true, yes. Um, but yeah, we've got, some, we've got some good stuff coming up. Uh, we are rapidly closing in on our 250th episode. And I think we're going to go live. Yeah, uh, we're going to do a nice live episode, uh, do a, a couple-hour show at least. Um, so we will be live, you know, hopefully we'll have some guests, uh, you know, some folks. We're going to start planning it now. Hopping on. Uh, but if you have some thoughts, suggestions, comments, or concerns for what you might like to see during that time, uh, on our live 250th episode, um, let us know, you know, uh, give us some messages in the Facebook group, shoot us an email at throwdownthursdaypodcast at gmail.com, uh, you know, we have some plans, but, you know, we're, you know, part of the, what we do this for is for you guys at home. So let us know if there's something that you want to see. We want to provide it for you. So let us know. And um, we're still working on trying to reschedule that John Rees Davies interview. Don't think we have forgotten. We have uh, not. We have not. You know, and uh, I'm still working on uh, trying to get some other really fun guests as well. Um, you know, but you know, everybody's busy, you know, things are starting to look up as far as, you know, movies and everything are going. We've got the, uh, the, the monkey versus lizard movie coming out uh, a little later than I wanted, but, uh, I have a feeling we, we might need to do a, uh, refresher. Yeah, we had episode the, uh, on Godzilla and King Kong. Maybe we do an episode with them both. Talk we, about because I mean they do have some history together. 1962, they fought the first time. So they, I mean, this isn't the first time, and this is the first time that they're meeting up in this specific universe. The MonsterVerse, Legendary's MonsterVerse. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to do some uh, some stuff. I, I have some some thoughts and some plans that we should uh, look into because uh, there's some stuff that you haven't seen that will help inform your opinion on what's coming up in this new. Uh, in this new installment, Mothra. Well, it's not Mothra that I'm thinking of, but why I did you uh, say that name? You have to save Mothra. Um, but yeah, we've got some great stuff coming down the pipe for you. We've got some uh, some fun guests planned, and again, our 250th episode. Uh, we're looking we're for some interactive, interactive it's stuff. Be fun. And uh, I think, with that being said. We We will will see you you next next Thursday. Thursday. Why are there 
so many songs about rainbows and what's on the other side. Rainbows are visions, but only illusions. And rainbows have nothing to hide. So we've been told, and some choose to believe it. I know they're wrong, wait and see. Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection. The lovers, the dreamers, and me. said that every wish would be heard and answered when wished on the morning star. Somebody thought of that and someone believed it. Look what it's done so far. What's so amazing that keeps us stargazing and what do we think we might see someday we'll find it the rainbow connection the lovers the dreamers and me all of us under its spell we know that it's probably that calls the young sailors. The voice might be one and the same. I've heard it too many times to ignore it. It's something that I'm supposed to be. Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection, the lovers. The dreamers 